the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Youthscape podcast. Our season is into God knows what and oh my days, into God knows what today. We're talking about artificial intelligence. My name is Rachel Gardner. I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. I'm so glad to be joined by my pseudo knows a bit more than me colleague, Martin Saunders. How very dare you? Do you know quite a lot I've about AI? I've read up on this. Right. Okay. So I'm very excited to be joined by my boffin mate, yeah. Martin Saunders. Do you know about AI? Yeah, a little bit. A little. I mean, I know it stands for artificial intelligence, but that's about the extent of it. That's like my, my pot plant is artificial we're, intelligence. We're going to talk it? today about AI and new technologies. And I can sense that you're feeling a little uncomfortable. Well, I, yeah, I am sitting in a weird way because I'm, we're sat here in, in uh, Butte Mills, Youthscape's uh, headquarters. And out of the glass box that we're in, I can see through to our communal kitchen. Yeah. And when it was first installed, a new microwave, a new microwave people, a new, yes. new microwave was installed. Yes. Could I work? out how to use this wretched people, microwave. A lot of people still can't use it. And then somebody on our team looked at me and realised that when they were going to come and now help me, they are working with really difficult material because this yeah. is me. So she took, it was Amy, Amy Stock took a very creative approach. She said to me, look at the microwave. I was like, all right. And she said, what do you want to do to it? And I was like, what? I want to I, I wanna open the door. So she's like, what do you think you do? And I felt, yeah, I found the door. Then I put my food in and then she, and I shut the door. And then she said, now, what do you want to do to it? And I said, I want it. I want to get it to, I want to get, do some food. She said, look at the movement done with your hand. Do that. And it was a circular movement. She, she managed to intuitively wow. teach me how to operate this microwave how I would intuitively move. Wow. So, I mean, it hasn't worked on anything else because I still cannot operate the system where people ring and I can open the door with the buzzer. I still cannot do that. I uh, I still have not converted my emails from my laptop into my new phone because I cannot remember my passwords. So I, I struggle massively. But that microwave, Martin, that microwave and I are one. Wow. So if that is artificial intelligence, wow. I am all over this it's, robot thing. It's really not. Yeah. <laughs> It's really not. It's just a slightly complicated timer. So what is AI? What, what is AI? Well, what it really means, artificial intelligence is this idea that computers can actually assume a brain, brain-like function so they can do independent thinking and learning. It's what we call machine learning. Um, AI, as we have seen it quite, I don't want to um, spoil the interview that's mm. coming up, but AI, as we've commonly known it through things like ChatGPT in the last year or so, uh, it's really more a sort of very, very clever search engine oh, okay. organizer of information. So I don't think we're quite at the stage of something like 2001 A Space Odyssey, where you've got the robot that decides it no longer needs the pilot and turns the oxygen off. Spoiler, at the end of uh, 2001. But um, I think um, uh, what we mean is sort of these, when we talk about it now, we mean computers starting to do functions which feel intuitively to us like the machine is thinking, even though it, it isn't really thinking. So, so someone like myself looks at this and thinks, 
I'm glad that very clever people know what this is. I have views on my theology of personhood. Yeah. And so like virtual reality sex, like that's where I kind of would inter- well, we connect with that this. That was a gear change. But I, I, I start thinking about this and I go, are we actually anticipating a world where ro- robots will be beyond us in terms of mm. capacity and being able to do so? I mean, I heard a Radio 4 program because I listen to Radio 4. Um, the, 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 uh, there's a billionaire in the world currently who is stockpiling lots of money, apparently, because he wants just to make sure that robots don't take over the world. And I was like, that wow. statement, why, that is a very kind of explosive statement yeah. on Radio 4 about somebody with money that makes someone like me go, what, what? This is like a, a real fear, not yeah. just in films. So so what are the parameters of this? Like what helps us have a proper conversation about this? It doesn't fly off into... Well, yes, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good question. And, uh, you know, it's very easy to do- dive off into science fiction, isn't it? And start... Yes, yeah, science you know, fiction. We, 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 we're not talking about time travel here. We're talking about what is what is actually possible. And they are still very much working on making computers seem more and more like they are thinking for themselves. And when you say they, they are working. The Illuminati. Like, we, the Illuminati. Yeah. Great, well, I'll write that down. Um, are we talking, is, is this held within the world of big business or is this in within oh. science? More, yes, yeah, science. Silicon Valley would be a good way of kind of putting it. So I think, you know, there's lots and lots of money. I mean, billions and billions mm. of pounds of investment funding going into either startup firms or big companies like Google and Apple, who are often acquiring startup firms. Um, but you know the amount of money that you can go if you if you're smart and you've got a good idea at the moment, there is so much money. It's a bit of a gold that. rush actually yes, yeah. in AI that you can go and get um, as much money as you want. So there'll be there'll be like Amazon and Google, and then some forms of like medicine. Thinking how can AI mean this job can happen quicker, or yes. how can this operation happen better? Would yeah. there be like players on the field that are like actually we are looking to create? Ro- in robot humanity, you know, it is yeah. that's kind of un, un, unattached to anything, any other thing. It's just, can we create a robot that replaces well, human beings? Well, the entirely? two, the two, you will know this. Uh, the the two frontiers are always sex and, yeah. and war. Yeah. So there will be those oh, who are man. looking to develop oh, gosh, yeah. military uses for AI, yeah. and there will be people who are. I mean, already you can. Um, I mean, it's, again, it's really imitating genuine AI, but you can you can pay a subscription service now to have like a, a girlfriend yeah, who texts yeah. you or, or a boyfriend who texts you every day and you have a conversation, a relationship. And actually, if you are, unless you are really looking to trick it, you can pretty much fool yourself that you have a, mm-hmm. a relationship with someone and there's a physical embodiment of them on a screen and uh, and that will only continue yes but again it's advanced yeah yeah. so that that's that's an interesting question you know who's trying to make genuine Mm. things that think for themselves i wonder whether those are the two frontiers before we get into all this though because we're going to have a fairly tech heavy interview um after this i thought just to because i i got a hunch rachel that you're you're fine with technology it's a little bit of learned helplessness going on well it is but but it's true it comes did you let's start right have you ever owned a digital watch no, never a digital really? watch. Really? No, I've never owned a digital watch. No, one that I had to twist myself, little hands going round. Okay. All right. Let's go computer games. Yeah. Have you had? Have you owned computer games? I personally have not owned. I remember the first one my granddad having, it and it was like the the two bars going up and down, knocking the stuff in between. Bong. Yeah, so bong. But yeah. I, I myself have never owned. So I am not 
I will stand in the youth club saying, Xbox, someone plug it in. Okay. Somebody, mon- D- Donkey Kong, what is this? Plug it in. I Honestly, we are talking. I, I can plug in a data projector okay. to a laptop. That's something. That is a good start. And that's because of years of schools ministry. Okay. Put that there. But you never had like a Game Boy? No, or, or a Tamagotchi, no. A tam- well, yeah. No, never had them. Yeah. They are computers, yeah. Okay. See, I see. This is completely different to my experience. So I am the son of a computer but kind that's of it, dude. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, I never really understood what he did. I think he was a software engineer. My father. He's but a that, massive computer. Yeah. There was lots of computers. So we had computers in the home from uh, a really young age, Crazy. and uh, like I was maybe, I think the ZX eighty one was my first computer, which just came out about nineteen eighty two. So I was four. My goodness. Yeah, and and I didn't learn how to program things like that, but that was always, and we'd always have bits of tech coming into our house constantly. We had the very first talking computer that you could make it. So there were about 15 words that it could say or 20 words that it could say. And I figured out that you could program it. I can still remember the exact tone and inflection of it. You could program it to say, I have gone for a week, week. <laughs> I spent hours doing that. That's like the calculator boobs, isn't yeah, it? It's so, like the calculator yeah, boobies, yeah. exactly. So, um, so we had one of those, and then, and then I sort of moved into video games, and I've, I've always had all that stuff. Now I've hit my forties, don't do any of it. Might no. play the occasional game of some pointless game on my phone, but, but unfortunately, it's all left me behind because, you know, I'm a grown up. But yeah, uh, that you know that has been massive part of my life. It's yeah. so interesting. It's like two paths. It is, and I, I really appreciate technology i i am not i don't want to sound like i'm a luddite i deeply appreciate it but what does concern me is the dehumanizing mm. aspect of it so either that somebody can't go and buy tickets for their train from a person in a yeah. they have to use the machines they have to be doing banking online yeah. and i hate or i just hate or i just think that's so that's so deep it's like dehumanizing people that just yeah. can't do that um or the sense that of, of young or young people or adults just your life's on a screen you can't interact so our daughter now has a phone it's just so interesting just negotiating with her what that is she's so responsible and mature about it and i know that might change but i just i'm in utter awe at her skill what feels like her instinctive skill but also her wisdom around this stuff and i kind of think actually honey you've got a youth worker for a mum but i've not helped you with that because i've not either modeled to you good boundaries around my own tech use or and i've not modeled to you i'm going to find out how this stuff works so that Mm. i have some sense of i'm in control not the technology i know what i want Mm. and she's managed to do that entirely on her own i don't know if that is just the skill set of this generation or whether that is her personality or mm. whether some amazing youth worker is getting alongside of that i don't know about i yeah. don't know so interesting some of this stuff comes more naturally for sure let's hear from a proper expert now because you and i are sadly just two people standing shouting in front of a microwave uh, and nothing's happening so uh, so we're going to hand over to me and i will introduce the next segment So we are talking about technology, AI, and the future, and I am delighted, given that I would not be uh, the expert on any of those things, to be joined by someone who is. So uh, Ramsey Elkarzen, thank you so much for joining us on the Youthscape podcast. Uh, Martin, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's always a dangerous thing to be called an expert. But 
Let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. Exactly. So do you want to, by introduction, do you just want to um, tell us a little bit about your journey with technology and, and tell us a bit about who you are? Sure. So I studied maths and computer science uh, as a degree. And then part of that was because I've always been interested in breaking stuff apart and trying to see how does it how can you fit it together in new and interesting ways? Um, not always successfully. And then after graduating, I spent a bunch of time in and around startups and businesses, and particularly focused on the tech side. So one of the interesting highlights was working with a, an organization who were making the first wireless power uh, charging device. Um, and this was in the days before Apple and others yeah. had announced that they were going for it. And the vision was you could walk into any cafe, restaurant, plane, taxi, stick your phone on the table and it would just be automatically charging. And, I know, we, and I, know like, I shouldn't detour at this point, but I, I don't know if anyone else is like this. I have no idea how that works. <laughs> like how, how does that work in 10 seconds? Uh, physics. That's Great. With a, a simple answer. <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. No. Well, you've you've got the, um, the when you understand how power moves, you've got the something called on you know about magnetic fields from GCSE. Mm -hmm. Yeah, physics. I mean it was a long time ago, Ramsey. Yeah. So you can essentially capture uh, power using um, or, or capture electricity using um, electromagnetic fields. Oh, That's a okay. very very simplified answer. No, that's helpful because because just for the purposes of this conversation, unless it's a conversation about you know, pop trivia in the 1990s, I probably don't know what you're talking about. So uh, just assume that if we were a pub quiz team, that's all I could do. And, <laughs> and you're everything else, especially with science. Carry on with your life story. Uh, so uh, after that, I spent, um, one of the businesses that I was involved in got bought by a blockchain business. And if you've heard that word. Yeah, another um, thing I don't I'm understand. Assuming, but... Yeah, public quiz thing. Um, well, uh, you don't really need to know what it is in the sense that for most of the things that we talk about in technology, um, when it's cutting edge and when everyone's really excited about it, um, it turns out you, you get into a whole load of trouble if you try to explain right. the, the technical ins and outs. Just like if I were to explain to you how Wi-Fi actually works or how, how the internet works, yep. HTTP protocols and SSH and or SSL, you'd, you'd be bored pretty quickly and actually you don't really care about it. You just want to know that you can send a WhatsApp message or record a podcast. That's mm. the stuff that's more interesting. People care about clean clothes, not how does a washing machine work. Anyway, um, so blockchain, this blockchain startup um, bought us and um, that was my entry into the world of uh, probably what we today called Web3 um, in 10 years, maybe we'll call it something totally different. Um, and this was a... Uh, version a next generation of the internet um, and so uh, the idea uh, is you're able rather than having all of these centralized big companies like Facebook and Amazon and Google controlling and owning all of the value from what we're creating by existing in this um, on, in this in society um, and by that I mean every like on um, uh, on Instagram every purchase that you make every time you log on to a wi-fi all of this stuff is tracked um, but we don't really see the value from it it, it gets con con controlled and, and centralized by these organizations well some people thought well what if we could somehow disseminate the control and we could all earn a little piece of that um, that was the bright idea 
there are some brilliant inventions that have come from that. Um, there's also probably some problematic things uh, over the last few years, one of which um, some people may have heard of uh, cryptocurrencies and FTX, which was an, an exchange uh, that collapsed last year and brought brought down the whole of a, a particular industry. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's in the news at the moment in November that the founders now been found guilty. But I and I, I think that brings an important point because one of the things that I've seen is there are some people who have genuinely world shaping ideas but don't have the character to be able to carry it through or don't understand what the long-term implications on society are. Um, and, and this has been one of the things that I, I really care about. How do we get kingdom people, how do we get people who know and love the Lord engaged with culture? And particularly, I'd say there's two industries that have a disproportionate effect on society. One of them is technology and the other is finance. Mm-hmm. And if we decide that we it's just too scary for us or we just don't know about it and, and sort of leave the stage... The problem is then it, the, the kind of the agenda gets shaped in a way that um, makes it some some ways harder actually to be yeah. a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, I'm going on a tangent. No, you're not. That's, this is fascinating stuff, and I think it's really helpful to lay a bit of a foundation for people like me um, who who don't know very much about technology um, because we're gonna we're gonna go on to talk about AI. Um, particularly, and I think this is something which we're all aware of. It's sort, it's sort of in everyone's uh, orbit somewhere, but but I think we have varying degrees of understanding about what it is. Now we don't really, as you said, we don't really need to understand how it works, but it would be good to know what we really mean because that word gets thrown around all the time. Um, so what do we mean by AI, and why is it such a big deal? It's a really good question, and I'm so glad you asked it. Um, often when we talk about it, it's it's it means anything and everything. Um, particularly, we've been talking about chat GPT. Um, do, do you know, I'm, I'm slightly putting you on the spot, do you know what those letters stand for, GPT? I mean, Ramsey, we talked yesterday and you told me <laughs> and I've already forgotten. That's because it's, it's so obtuse, isn't it? Um, so, uh, zooming out, artificial intelligence is this idea that we can create machines that are able to in some way mimic or or, or artificially um, mimic our, our human intelligence. And human intelligence is maybe a, a concept that's worth exploring. But yeah. that's the basic premise. So any any computer, any tool that can do a thing that humans would otherwise want to do, um, we might call that artificial intelligence. There's a... Um, there's a field of artificial intelligence called machine learning, and that's that that goes down the the line um, that says, well, these machines, let's say algorithms, um, we want to teach them how to how they can, in quotation marks, learn. Um, I say quotation marks because often we when we use language that we would normally think about humans that we normally use to describe human activity, but um, we we put it on these machines and in so doing we're actually thinking that they they might actually be like us um and that i think is a really important thing not not to just do unthinkingly um mm-hmm. because otherwise the way that we relate to them is almost like oh this is just a friend this is another companion and they are they are very different to you and i having a conversation like this we could probably set up some bots to have a conversation with each other and I mean, it'd be interesting to, it has happened, it'd be interesting to see what the results are, but um, 
there's something about who we've been made as image bearers um, of of God that is uh, it, is so important not to lose sight of. Again, a tangent, but um, that's machine learning. There's then let's talk about ChatGPT, which is a um, a kind of a subset, a subfield of machine learning, and it stands for chat generative pre-trained transformers so in in 60 seconds that there's there's sort of two different areas of um of what what are called neural networks which is a field of machine learning um discriminative and generative so discriminative models work by um saying i want to feed a whole bunch of pictures of um cats and dogs and all sorts of other things and i'm going to tell the machine this is a cat this is a dog this is a donkey whatever and then after feeding it a million pictures of it i'm going to feed it another one which i'm not labeling and i'm going to ask it to tell me is this a cat or is this a dog now so to discriminative models they will classify they're really good at that but you've got to do a lot of work in the labeling in advance generative models they, they don't you don't give them any labels what you do is you just feed them a whole bunch of data it might be pictures it might be text and then get them get it to try to spot patterns the links between words and links between things that they can uh, see um, and then the, the very powerful thing is you can actually ask them to generate pictures of cats it's not not about classifying it's about creating things yeah. um, that's a powerful invention and that's the generative piece pre-trained means that you don't have to do all the work to to to, to um, feed the images or the billions of um, terabytes of data. It's already been done, so this is pre-trained. And transformers is um, quite a technical term, but it's a particular architecture um, of uh, of of machine learning that would that provided this breakthrough. Um, and in 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 very simplified terms, it helps the computer to to understand. To transform the text that you're you're writing into um, into a language it can understand. Mm-hmm. That's very oversimplified. If you want a, a more simplified version, you, have you ever um, when you're texting on your phone, have you ever seen those three words that appear as if yes. it's trying to predict what your next yes. word is going to be? These um, ChatGPT is just a very advanced version of that. Yes, it's just predicting what's the next word. Yes. That made, I mean, let me terrify myself here, Ramsey. That actually made sense. I actually understood what you said. <laughs> and, oh, I'm so uh, pleased. And so, so generative pre-trained transformers. Bingo. I get it. And, and get now it. you can tell all your friends. Uh, well, they can just listen to this because I'll have forgotten <laughs> it tomorrow. But, um, but this, it's interesting. Some of the we're still at the stage where some of the stuff that we see emerging, it's good, but it's not quite perfect. So people may have seen, for example, AI images of people where they've got like nine fingers, so yeah. because apparently uh, AI still finds it quite hard to do hands. Yeah, that's right. So, so what does that? I mean, what does that tell us? Like where? Where are we as we as we sort of develop this? Because it seems to have moved very fast, very quickly. But there are some things it can't do. That's that's absolutely right. Over the last 10, uh, 15 years, there have been steady. There's been steady progress. But then, when OpenAI, which is this organisation that released ChatGPT, when they released that and it, it launched um, GPT three point five, there was a massive acceleration in the market because all of the other AI companies thought. Gosh, well, OpenAI has done this unthinkable thing, which is to make it public, which means that we're going to fall behind if we don't 
do it as well. And so as a result of that, and because uh, the, the, the transformer architecture is a very powerful one, um, there's been over the last 12 months, everybody, the reason we're having this conversation is because everybody's talking about it. Mm. Um, and because it is every six months moving at an incredible pace. Um, the fingers thing is, it's just, it's one of the, the strange and interesting things about technology that you go, Oh, well, why is that so bad? But it, it won't always be like that. Um, I'd say there are some, some very good models actually today. The reason that Snapchat Snap stuck in a, um, a a chatbot essentially into Snapchat is because they felt it was good enough to to emulate what it's like to have a friend who's twenty four seven available, which of course is never the case with our yeah. real friends. Um, and they'll it'll tell you whatever you really want it to tell you. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk, who's uh, uh, the owner of X, formerly Twitter, I'm sure people know of his name. Yeah, of he he spoke uh, recently with the the British Prime Minister, and he described how one of his sons finds it hard to make friends, and he he said, "Well, actually, these uh, AI bots are essentially the solution to that because." It means that he can have a friend all the time and he doesn't have to go through the pain of the, the kind of the awkward social um, barriers that you, you, you ordinarily would do to, to form friendships. Um, and he was holding it, it up as this wonderful um, new wow. age of humanity, right? Wow. I, I wonder, what does that make you feel? Yeah, well, I think we're going to shift gear from science to ethics, aren't we here? Because because this is the thing i mean this this is real like this is happening we can't we can't avoid it there are implications to everyday life and there are going to be increasing scenarios that pop up where we have to ask is this, is this okay and there's something inside you that just feels desperately sad that elon musk is is saying that his his kids it's okay because his kid doesn't need friends because they'll have computers that feels like something out of a sort of dystopian sci-fi yeah it it totally does and I think this is then where it comes down to one of the big questions that we really need to be exploring is what does it mean to be human? Because mm. um, is it is it just that we're able to reason or is it that we're able to lift heavy things or is it that we can l- logically create things? Well, actually, we're now having machines that can do many of those things and many of those things better than us. Mm. So then it, it really causes us to ask, what is it to be made in the image of God? I've got a friend who says uh, one of the characteristics of being human is actually having limitations of, of the frailty of humanity, um, which isn't something actually that our society is geared towards um, supporting because we like to think that we're invincible and actually death and pain and all these things actually do scare us. And yet it's in those that we we actually meet God. There's something mm-hmm. about how, I mean, you'll know this, that, you don't get glory without suffering really and i i i think this this kind of drive towards progress is a drive towards trying to insulate ourselves from any kind of discomfort or or pain mm. and i think in that there's a there's a big danger um but you're talking about the ethics well yeah i think there's two big issues uh, that we're going to be facing as a generation in the coming years, and, and we're already starting to. One of them is around identity, and the second is around 
reality, the nature of reality. Mm. So the identity piece is, um, let's talk about that that Snapchat bot. The, this machine is being created with certain values in mind. Technology we've we've got to realize is not neutral. I I I thought for a long time, oh, it's just a tool. You know, it's totally about how you use it rather than having any kind of inherent values. Um, that's actually not the case. It turns out that everything that we have in our hands and everything that we interact with has some direction. So this chair that I'm sitting in mm. is comfy and it's maybe designed to, to make sure I sit in a certain way and that I have a certain um, comfort level. Well, the phones that are in our hands, they're designed primarily to uh, e- exploit some sort of profit. This is is made by a uh, a profit-seeking organisation, Apple, and um, and so it's embedded very much in this in in this capitalist um, society. It, what it means is that we 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 want to be eyes open about what mm. we're what we're engaging with and how we do it. Well, because um, te- technology, it, it, we you know we think that we control and shape technology, but te- technology profoundly shapes and changes us bingo um there's a, a very well-known book which you will know um called the shallows uh, which talks about how the you know in among other things how using the the internet has has destroyed our sense of memory because bingo. We, yes. we, we, we don't need to remember anything anymore because we can just google it yes so we don't we don't really think about these things when we're we're enjoying the benefits of technology we don't also think about how it's changing us as people yeah that's so true and actually you can ask a couple of helpful questions whenever you're thinking about new technology um, often you'll hear these the first two things which are now you won't have to and now you'll be able to those are often the two promises yep. Yep. but um, this is Andy Crouch uh, from from the life we're looking for highly recommend the, the um, his book uh, this the second two questions that often we don't think about is now you won't be able to and now you'll have to mm. so now just that example now you can look up anything you want without having to remember it but the the kind of corollary is well now you actually you won't be able to remember because yeah our memories are are so um so much shorter um but i said i said identity is one and this is the these the snapchat bot is um when you're not going to necessarily just ask it about you know geography homework or about things that you'd hope are are kind of neutral topics it's going to be asking about god it's going to be asking about sexuality it's going to be asking about politics and in some way it's going to be shaping Mm. um us it's going to be shaping young people because they're going to be asking questions of this chatbot that they're not going to be asking necessarily questions of their closest friends or family because it feels like a like it knows them better mm. um that's that's a non-neutral thing it's something we've got to pay, pay attention to this the second challenge is around real reality and this is really about when um, we're already in a world where we it's hard to determine what's truth and what's facts and what's fake news well we're entering into a moment where, where it's going to be difficult to know what's machine generated and what's human generated and does that matter? And I think it does. But when you don't know what to trust, then that kind of leads to a withdrawal. And well, I I just don't know. Either I'm just going to go wholeheartedly into it, and it doesn't matter, or I'm I'm just 
going to um, retreat to the area that I can control, neither of which I think are um, ideal. The, the good news is both of those things um, find their real answer in Jesus in that he, he is the one who determines where our identity is. And actually this comes back to why it's so critical and and actually reassuring that a lot of the work we do with young people, it, it doesn't fundamentally change. The mm. key thing is still Jesus. The key thing is how do we get ourselves into the scriptures? How do we get alongside um, young people playing pool, building, forming relationships, walking through the hard stuff, walking through the bereavements, walking through the like big and small questions. That that doesn't change. And that's that becomes actually even more important because we are able to be more grounded in in who we are and who he, who he says we are. The same thing is can be said of of uh, reality. There was a an interview with a um, with Father Raniero Cantalamessa, who's the preacher to the papal pa- household. Yeah, amazing. He was asked about his love of Jesus, and he just stopped. This was in an, an auditorium of thousands, and he looked around, and he said, "Jesus." is more real than you could ever imagine. Hmm. And it was in that that I felt, gosh, I could almost sense his awareness of of Jesus. And that, hmm. again, is once we know what really, truly real is, yeah. then we're able to, to, to kind of view the rest of the, this stuff in its light. And it has value, but it's not, it's not going to save the world. It's the only one really who can do that is jesus it makes me think of a, a, a an observation which sadly is not my own um but uh, i heard a friend chris russell relating this and i can't remember if it was his thing but um uh this idea that when jesus reappeared after the resurrection and walked through the walls uh, of the place where the uh, disciples were staying it wasn't because he was a ghost and he was able to sort of like walk through walls now uh, the phrase chris used was it was because jesus was more real than the walls yes i think that's a wonderful yes. picture isn't it and particularly as we think about a world where we're like what is what is reality anymore the most real the most real thing that we can know and that we can offer young people is a relationship with jesus uh, which is which is so funny, isn't it? That in when we talk about all these advances and changes and everything in the future looking different, we're going. We're actually looking back to something that's you know that's a story that's gone on since the beginning of time, and uh, and it's the ancient stuff that we return to. Yeah, which it's is the stuff that grounds us. It is the stuff that grounds us when we're feeling a little bit freaked out by all this change, which is really helpful. Before before we let you go, um, just I think we probably just want to ground this in some practical questions because I think we're all, we're all approaching this now. We've started to engage a bit with AI, maybe without knowing what the initials mean. We, um, we've we used ChatGPT and I think we're asking the question, is it okay? Is it okay that I use ChatGPT? So for example, what do you think about using ChatGPT to plan your work? Because you're paid to do a job, right? You're paid to sort of plan a program and, and work with young people as a youth worker. So is it okay then to sort of hand all that job off to a, to a machine that's going to write a, ver- a complete, it's not a Christian machine, is it? It's just going to write you a term planner and a, and a session in five seconds. Is that all right? Yeah. And it, and then when you do it, it's so powerful. Yeah. You go, well, why wouldn't we? And I, I think there's, there's probably, I go back to those questions. What is this enabling me to do? And, um, what does this prevent me from doing and you can view that then in light of 
um, who is who has God called me to do? Because there are some things that are hard, and they're and and they're hard because we don't have the skills yet, and we need to grow in those skills. So um, I'm, you know, I, I find it hard to sit down and just write a whole bunch of stuff down. I, I, sometimes it's a, a thing like ChatGPT could just help spark some of those thoughts, and then I'm in free free, free writing and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so. So I need to go through the process of learning how to focus my mind. For instance, that's, that'd be one thing. Um, there are some things that I don't need to learn how to do. I, I don't. I don't need to maybe learn how to be a car mechanic. Maybe that's a, a bad example. But um, or, or for a youth worker, maybe maybe becoming the best administrator isn't the thing that you want to be doing. You want to be right there with the young people. And so it's almost like kind of getting a bit of a personal assistant. It just happens to be a machine. So I I think the short answer is, yes, it is okay, but ask the question as you're doing it, where does this lead to and what kind of person am I becoming as a result of using this? Yeah. Um, which includes you, that includes that thing you said about what what skills do you actually need that are being eroded? What are you losing yeah. by uh, by just always going to the, the 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 AI and thinking, oh, you can you can do the planning for me. I don't need to do this because you will eventually learn this, uh, lose the skill. It's also worth saying that these AI models don't have a concept of truth, um, mm. so they'll they'll make stuff up and they'll be very confident about it. Um, and the reason is because again, essentially, it's just probability it's just guessing yeah. what the next most likely answer is and for that reason if you're writing an essay or you're putting together a talk and and it's right as quoting references you jolly well want to look them up and and almost let them form you and shape you hmm. because it's possible they've they've just been created maybe yeah. they've you know written the, the book of Matthias or, <laughs> yeah, or the book yeah. of Jamie whatever right well well okay last one and I'd love to go back to this a Snapchat uh, model that you were talking about. Um, you know, it's kind of scary, the idea that a young person might be going to Snapchat for advice and might be going to Snapchat for advice on their spiritual lives. So what about the idea of having virtual youth work bots? You know, can is it okay to have a, a, a sort of AI that is able to answer young people's discipleship questions and and shape them in the faith when it, you know again the AI is just a computer; it's got no soul. Is that all right? I think it depends on the context. I.e., is that the only place? Is that the kind of the, the primary place that they're getting guidance, um, or do they have help? Like, are you having conversations with them about? what comes out of that book because it could be like reading a book that maybe we wouldn't agree with it's okay to read books that are of different opinions the the key thing is learning how to engage with them and not just to blindly go well this must be the way the world works or this must be the way the way it is and i think the same things that we we've said about how's it eroding our skills or how's it shaping us that conversation is an important one to have um but i also i i do think it is worth saying there are great opportunities and we've mentioned a couple of them in terms of the, the heavy lifting with setting up term plans but the the youth the, the young person chatting with a, a chatbot i don't know that we're going to be able to stop it I, I think that the place that we are it'll be interesting to see where regulation goes and it'll be interesting to see where the the, the big tech companies go but uh 
as with anything, it's it's another of these um, discipleship questions to engage with rather than running away from. Is that helpful? They're really helpful. So helpful. Ramsey, I feel like this conversation reminds me of when I sat with my four-year-old and tried to explain what a potato was and had to get really basic. And then at the end of it, he understood what a potato was. And, and I thank you for coming down to my level. Uh, I feel like you knew a lot more than you shared. Um, but thank you for making this sort of um, practical. And again, you know, for that challenge as you related it back to actually the eternal uh, reality of who Jesus is and how he is so much more real than all of these things. But actually, you know, faith and technology don't need to be, they don't need to be mutually exclusive, do they? And that's kind of the journey that you've taken. So important to engage with it. That I go back to this um, this this scripture, which is uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 13. It's in the context where we are... Um, facing a lot of change and and this thing about being known uh, is a, a really big question well Paul says that we see now only a reflection as in a mirror it's almost like there's there's some illusions we're kind of trying to muddle our way through um, but then we'll see face to face he says now I know in part and there are some things that we do know um, but then I, I should be fully no, I, I should know fully, even as I am fully known. And this, I, th- I think, in when we were talking about those AI bots and the friends and the things that actually might know us better than um, our own friends or, or family, actually, there's one who does know us truly, and and it's um, he's the one that we really got to stay. It's, it makes it even more important to stay connected um, with him. Ramsey, thank you so much for your time today. That's been wonderful. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. That was a great interview, Martin. I, it's got me thinking, um, are, are youth workers as a demographic more likely to be into Macs or not? Are we, are we quite likely to be a tech savvy or, yeah. or is, that a, is that a stereotype? And the yeah. reality is a lot more of us are like me. Basically, are you like me, everybody, or are you like Dr. Saunders over there? Well, it, Vote now. We've had a lot of doctors on this uh, Yeah, series, I'm just giving everyone the, the title but doctor. I, I'm not a doctor. I think you should be. Uh, all right. That'd be great. But do you know what I mean? Do, are we more of an instinctively, because this is the world young people are in, yeah. that for, therefore it's our world? Or, yeah. And do we need Te- to be? Do tech savvy. Be? I yeah. don't know. There's a little bit of Mac idolatry in the, um, in the youth work world. We <gasps> talked about this before, haven't we? Oh, I mean, I've got everything, everything Every in my Mac. house mm. is Mac, but there is definitely a bit of Mac idolatry. Why is that? I just because Steve Jobs would felt like a you know a charismatic there, evangelical preacher. Is it, is it something? It, maybe it suits the job in a certain way, but is it something to do with? It's not a very well paid profession, so it's one little nice thing that we can have yes, that is a bit more that the budget church budget can cover. Uh, but well, I don't know. Depends on your church. Yeah, but you know, maybe maybe it's that. But I think we do tend to be. I mean, Mac Mac is the cool brand. No one's denying mm. that Mac is the cool brand. And youth workers, you know, we do aspire to be a little bit cool, don't we? Um, yeah, I think we are. I, I think, think, I think we group, are instinctively cool. I, think I don't. We just I don't think we've all got that. I think there's plenty of PC owners listening to this. They're, they're people too. We're listening to listening to this. There's a youth worker at my church who's 87 called Joyce, who would have no idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> but when she double burns the toast, 
she's engaging with that toast technology in a very poor way. So I do need to kind of up she, her on the toast. Sorry, she double burns so, yeah, the toast. Yeah, she does. So it's, what she does is we have like toast to everything. Yeah. Um, and she'll put the toast in. Yeah. And I'll, every time be like, oh, Joyce, don't forget that it that actually it, it, it's really pale. So you need to do it down, but don't do too much. Right. Because it, it's broken, so it won't change. So she puts it, yeah, I remembered. And she puts it down and then she puts it down again. Yes. And it burns. And then she thinks, oh, actually I need to put it down again. <gasps> and it's really burnt. And not a single young person moans at her toes. If How many I times do that, it three oh, times? This, yeah. If I do that, I get nothing but complaints on the other side of the hatch. They, but Joycey, little Joycey. They love her. Wow. She can she can do the worst toast in the world. So that's a level of technology I need to train my team on. I think that's sort of your your comfortable my, microwaves like, and toasters. The urn, the urn, hot water, and a toast. That we is can good. Sort of, but it is an interesting question, isn't it? Because if we want to see an army of volunteer youth workers, we are going to have volunteer youth workers. Some will be amazing at tech of all ages, yep. all ages. Some that are just like I, do, I deliberately don't want it, yep. or some that are like I can't. And we just need to be so careful that we're not equating understanding of technology with being able to be an, an incarnation or yeah, well young people, people yeah we don't need us to be no. super tech minded no. people and also we, we haven't talked about this in this season but you know one of the big things that we're facing as a sort of societal issue among young people is smartphone addiction and what mm. that's doing to the teenage brain yes. um, and I don't think we know I don't think the science is in yet no. but there are definitely concerns that um you know, there's some links between the amount of time young people are spending on on mobile phones and uh, sleep deprivation, mental health issues, even even. And I do understand that this is a controversial thing to say. Things like ADHD. Mm. You know, there are qu questions. There's research that needs to be done around why there's a rise in that yes. at the same time as a rise well, in, in screen in, use. In yeah. screen use. Absolutely. So, um, so that's we didn't even get a chance to talk no. about that. But is should church maybe be a refuge from technology? Yeah. That's where I was going with that very long intro. I, so I think the answer is yes. I think there in some communities it'd be a lot easier than others. Some communities, young people will feel like you're literally asking them to leave their arm at the door. Yeah. So you've got to do it really carefully. Other communities it's tech poor so actually that young people are not sat on things all the time because they don't have it so I think if you suddenly think oh we our young people aren't on phones now youth group you must be doing such a good job you might not it might just be that actually they just don't have technology so I think we need to be careful that we're not putting onto groups of young people values that might not be the case a young person sat on a phone at the back of church uh, is not saying I don't want to engage with this that's not, and yet as adults, we read that into them, don't we? So I think we need to probably be aware of how we are reading young people's practices of screen use and be really clear about what our reasons would be for them not to be on phones and how to make that possible. I think that's important. Do you want the good news? We've stopped talking about technology. It's over. You've made it. Uh, you made it to the other end. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well done, Rachel. Well Can done. Can I have some human contact? Can someone give me a high five? I just need... Not you miles away. I know. We talked about this. You're, you're absolutely miles this. away from me. I know. In the same room, but so it, far It feels like COVID, this. It feels like we're socially distanced. It does. It does. Um... Just one thing. Can I do an ad? Because I don't think I've done many of these in this season. Um, we'd love you to join us. Not you. You're obviously joining us. Uh -huh. We'd love you to join us, uh, gentle listener, t uh, Satellites next summer. Oh, yes. And unless, just in case you haven't heard, 
we've got a truly outrageous offer that we're running this year, um, which is that you can get five free tickets for your youth group. And there's no strings. There's no there's no catches. You can have been before. That's absolutely fine. The They've only got, thing not is, got to be robot children. No, no robot children. No, just they, they are real blood. young people. The only yeah. stipulation is... Oh, here it comes. They have to be young people yeah. who are new to satellites. That's it. Oh, that's doable. That's that is doable. Otherwise, so if you're a new church, that's everybody. And if you're a church that's been before, you just have to find five new young people to bring along. Five, fight them, fight them. So friends. you can Bring find them. all about that offer uh, yeah. at our website, wearesatellites.com. It's going to be amazing this summer. Um, we are really excited yeah, about it. Um, and we're going to tell you a bit more. Got some things changing and doing things slightly differently yeah. in some of the spaces. That's going to so, be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So come um, book in before that offer ends. Uh, all you need to do is book one deposit for one adult ticket and you get your five free ones. That is awesome. I can't wait for satellites. So uh, from us, from this very text, savvy part of the world we love you and we will speak to you next week My pot plant is artificially intelligent, isn't it? I'm telling, I'm telling you I love you. Is okay. that the quote? No, I don't think so. That was the quote from Whoops. Love Actually. What was it? Why, why I'm just you... a girl standing in front of a boy telling him I love him. That was the quote that you were going asking for. Asking her. To marry him. To, no, asking her <laughs> to, to love him. me. Oh, yeah. Asking him that's to where love you her. were going. No, I that. wasn't. I was going to say we're like two Rachel Gardeners standing in front of a microwave shouting at it. <laughs> I spoiled that one, it's didn't all right. I? It's fine. I'm None sorry. of this is going in. I have gone for a wee wee. Dave is very happy to edit and will will do so with meticulous detail. So fantastic, Dave.